0: This is the Ask a Death Doula podcast, a platform of free education on how to have the best end of life experience possible by knowing how to live your best life now with experienced hospice oncology and wellness nurse, Suzanne B. O'Brien.
1: Everyone. Welcome to this edition of Ask a Death Doula. I am your host, Suzanne B. O'Brien. I am so inspired by our guest today and the work that he is doing. So let me share with you that today our guest is Rodrigo Luz. He is the president of the Elizabeth Kubler-Ross Foundation, the chapter in Brazil. And as many of you know who follow this podcast, we are all about the following the movement and helping to change end of life for the better for people everywhere. That's worldwide. This is something we have in common. This is something, this is our humanity. And to be there for one another um, is one of the best things we can do, probably now more than ever. So you are going to be extremely inspired as I am by our guest today and what he's doing with his organization. So without further ado, I want to welcome Rodrigo Luz to the Ask a Death Doer podcast. Thank you so much for being here.
0: Thank you. Thank you really much, my dear. Um, My English is not perfect. I have a Brazilian accent, you know, and of course I'm going to do my best.
2: Absolutely. Um,
0: I'm not perfect at all and uh, <laughs> I'm here I sh- to share, this is the meaning of my life. You know, so thank You're- you very much for this.
1: Thank you for being here. Your passion is absolutely infectious. It's everything. And I have to say, sometimes I feel like my English is not so good either. So do not worry about it. <laughs> do not worry about it. Um, my son says, sometimes you make up your own words. I don't know if that's really true, but okay. So. Th- it's gonna be wonderful. So Rodrigo, I was reading about you. First of all, I've heard so many wonderful things about you and your organization, so that's fantastic. And then I was reading about you and every single thing I was reading that your organization is doing, I was like, yes, that is wonderful. So lots of people know that I have been working in this field for over two decades. And you know, I have a hospice nurse background and an oncology cancer background. And so many of the things that you're talking about, we're all facing all over the world. So I wanna just share, first of all, a little bit about your background and how you came into this beautiful sacred work, this area, what drew you to it?
0: Mm -hmm. Thank you very much about this question. Mm -hmm. Look at that. Um, I have an aunt called Rosette and Mm -hmm. she died. And after that, um, I've, I've gone to therapy, an existential therapist. uh, And she gave to me a book called On Death and Dying Mm -hmm. of Elizabeth Mm Kubler-Ross. I was 16. Wow. I've read that book at just one night. And I told to myself, I need to do this job. I'm going to do this. So I started... (laughs) doing this job when I was 16 years old. Wow. And I'm doing this right now. And it's very, very emotional memory, you know, because I remember uh, that night, uh, i told myself, I'm going to do this. <laughs> and so I'm doing, <laughs> you know, it's not I, difficult, just doing.
1: I, I love that. And I think that, um... It's beautiful how something that causes us, you know, an emotion of pain and suffering, which is, again, part of our life's journey, but you turn it into a gift to in in the honor of your aunt because she kind of brought that alignment with you, and now you're helping so many people in in kind of her honor, which is really, I think, so healing and lovely. But 16, that's that's incredible. And I think that I, I agree with you. I remember the very first day that I went out, and saw my very first hospice patient. And I, I remember it clear as day, and I thought, I found it. Mm-hmm. This is it. This is where I'm supposed to be, and I've never looked back. So that's that's beautiful. Let's talk about Elizabeth Kubler-Ross for a minute. We're gonna talk about her through the whole podcast. Um, okay. She's, you know, in my, she's one of my heroes. She She had such an impact on me and my direction when I was a young nurse working with the elderly and getting into hospice and finding the struggle, the cultural struggle, the the, the pain, the additional pain for families, um, and also you know working with doctors within the system um, and trying to bring back the fact that death is a natural part of the journey and that perhaps we shouldn't try everything to extend it, that the quality of life, and there was so much more going on. Um, And I really delved into her works and she gave me such strength because she has such strength and courage, Mm -hmm. you know, she's, she's the, the woman who I thank for what we're seeing now, the positive, you know, all the seeds that she planted are really just blossoming all over and it's because of her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So bringing her timely work, it's timeless into everything that we talk about um, is really an honor to be able to share her work.
0: Exactly. Perfect. And Mm -hmm. um, let me talk just one little thing. Uh, I think it's an important thing. Elizabeth did a great job. She was an excellent woman. But um, I think in her dreams about the future, Mm -hmm. uh, she believed the most important uh, is the born of a new doer's Mm -hmm. you know yeah. Um, um, she didn't like um, you know just talking about her life and how she was a great woman and a wonderful woman (laughs) she was a door and she loves doors you know and of course I agree with you Uh, she had a wonderful life um, taking care of the dying children and the AIDS crisis and crisis you know and taking care of hospitals patients and um deaf and dying seminars and listen the dying patients and yeah. teach, teaching us and guiding us of course a wonderful life a wonderful experience um and it's it, the lives her life inspires mm. everyone in every part of the country and the world you know but of course uh she wants i feel she wants uh hands you know should change the reality sure so we we are trying to do this and of course you are trying to
1: yeah yeah i think we're doing it i think you know when back when i started this and this is now a lot of people are talking about this again which is really wonderful and they're accepting it and and which is beautiful and i always back in the day was saying just one patient at a time because sometimes it seems so big but it's happening. So I think we we are doing it. And I think that she'd be very pleased um, with that. So it's, it's wonderful. Okay, so you found your calling at 16 and followed that path. So now I wanna share and ask you a question about, in your country, how accepted is hospice and how available is hospice and palliative care?
0: Mm -hmm. Um, We are starting the hospice movement here in Brazil. Of course, we had important pioneers. Um, We had a teacher professor on Mm -hmm. the 70s. She was at the university, um, the Federal University of Rio de Janeiro. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh,
0: And she was called Vilma da Costa Torres. And she started uh, the death movement here in Brazil. Uh, We had another important pioneers, but of course, the movement is still small. Mm. And uh, uh, the movement grew a lot in the last three or four years, maybe. But uh, we don't have a lot of hospices. We have small initiatives. Um, And uh, we have services but uh, still a small number of services okay. of palliative care. I yeah. think in Brazil, we have something about 180 services. Yeah. So we have continental um, place here in Brazil mm-hmm. and um, small number of services. So we are just starting the hospice movement.
1: Okay, and how is your aging population? Do you have a very large number of people in the elderly population, as we're seeing pretty much worldwide, that are going to need that? Yeah, of
0: course. Exactly. This is yeah. the challenge. Oh, no? yes. This is the big and the real challenge here in Brazil. We are yeah. facing very, very difficult times, but I see these difficult times with a lot of hope. No? Yes. Yeah. Because um, I think uh, the solution is to build a compassionate community mm-hmm. and uh, starting a movement. So we must see death with uh, hope you sure. know, in our head. So I yeah. think it's the message of Elizabeth. Put hope yeah. in your eyes and everything change. You know.
1: I agree. So we're seeing the same thing here as far as our aging population hospice has been around for, you know, a while now, but it's still not matching the need and not doing it as well as we would hope. Um, okay. Just because just because of the structure, but I agree with you on the sense that there is lots of hope. There's lots of promise because if we can get out there and create compassionate community amongst ourselves, if we can teach volunteers, if we can teach mm-hmm. teach family how to care for their loved one and bring back the conversation, then mm-hmm. we can we can have support in every corner of every world because we're gotcha. doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so that leads me to my next question: is your Elizabeth Kubler Ross chapter in Brazil, mm-hmm. you, you write that the creation of compassionate community for palliative care, assistance to the most vulnerable population. And I love that. I love that so much. Can you speak to the vulnerable population what that means, please?
0: Of course, uh, look at that. In Rio de Janeiro, we have a very big favela. It's a very poor community, okay. uh, Rio. It's mm-hmm. called Rocinha. Okay. And uh, we are going to start a hospice there in the name of mm-hmm. Elizabeth Pobler-Ross. Mm. Um, mm. So it's going to be a, a very important hospice, the first one in a poor area in Brazil.
1: Beautiful.
0: So we are going to start this hospice with a lot of help. Yeah. Uh, we, are, we, we have a group, of course. It's not just about us, you know. Uh, mm. We have an important group. And of mm-hmm. course, the Elizabeth Kubler-Ross Foundation mm-hmm. is giving the support and mm-hmm. um, orientation, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the meeting uh, of this group is, is on the Elizabeth Kubler-Ross Foundation in Copacabana. Beautiful. Um, yes. Uh, but of course, uh, we are training volunteers mm-hmm.
2: uh,
0: and um, starting that coffees in Brazil. Okay. And... Uh, talking to everyone about end-of-life care and yep. Elizabeth's ideas. And of course, um, making her ideas being known about by everyone, everyone, you know? Sure. Yes. So I love we, it. Mm-hmm. We, we are starting this in Rocinha and in Vidigal. These both poor communities are very, very, very vulnerable and they don't have anything, Um, really. It's it's a very, very bad situation, Mm. and we have to do something about it.
1: Sure, so that leads me to asking about, how is your healthcare system structured there?
0: Yes, we have a universal healthcare Uh, system here in Brazil, Uh, but uh, we have a lot of problems because it's a violent area too. Mm. Uh, And uh, this violent area is involved with um, drugs and um, every kind of Mm. uh, crime, you know, situation. Yeah. Um, We are facing this challenge, but of course we have a lot of dying patients there too. Sure. And uh, we have to do something about it because they are dying. Yeah. without any of assistance, medical assistance, psychological assistance. Um, yeah. And have to do something about it, and we are going to do this.
1: Beautiful. I love that. And I know that myself and anyone listening who wants to help, we're going to share how you can support you and help. Um, I think it's just wonderful what you're doing.
2: I, yeah, I want to sh-
1: Yeah, I want to share inspiration because for me in 2012, I was able to go to Zimbabwe Africa and volunteer. And when I did, they didn't have a lot of resources at all. They didn't even have a lot of food at that time or now whenever, but they did have what you're talking about, the presence, the compassion of teaching a, a, a neighbor how to care for that neighbor. And even without medicine without medical equipment Mm -hmm. it did so much it was so beautiful and powerful that we can Mm -hmm. make this happen so Mm -hmm. the two things the two things i think about that i love that you're saying is that having the conversation with community um because i find in the united states death is the second leading fear people are Mm -hmm. so scared of it they don't want to utter it. Is it that the same in brazil or Mm -hmm. are we yeah
0: perfect the same you know Mm -hmm. um we we face a challenge here it's called social pain Okay. An invisible kind of pain. Yes. uh, And this is an invisible suffering. And we need to see this. Oh, yeah. So when we talk to them and uh, when we go there and see the patients and help the community, uh, they feel they are important for someone.
1: Oh, yes.
0: You know, yeah,
1: yeah. I think so sometimes this is, yes.
0: this is the key point. Of I, job. Think,
1: I think so. I often teach, even in the United States, I teach that sometimes the most pain at end of life is the emotional pain. Yes. And it, and it can cause physical pain. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And I, and I often say too, is that our presence really truly seeing and hearing someone is the best medicine we can give. It's very That's healing. Cool. So, mm-hmm. we, can all, we can all do that, you know, we, mm-hmm. if we choose to. It's beautiful. Um, so, mm-hmm. that's wonderful. So, you're going to train volunteers to care for patients that need hospice. And I love the fact that you said, end bereavement. Yes. Be- because a lot of times we're forgetting the back end of that, the bereavement part. Um, mm-hmm. Can you share a little bit about the bereavement section as well?
0: Of course. Uh, we are already training them and of course we are going to start a new group uh, in a few weeks Mm -hmm. Uh, but uh, we have a 78 hours training program Mm. to volunteers Mm -hmm. and um, we teach them a lot of things and -hmm. of course we have to say a big thank you to the group of mission hospice Mm -hmm. in san francisco california because they helped us a lot about this training with their manual you know. Great. So um, this is a very a very feeling of gratitude you know. Yes. <laughs> of course uh, we, are, we are training volunteers to help the dying, to help the families and of course to take care of the people um, who faces the bereavement period you know yeah. um, and helping them to to face the reality and to make the transition, the psychosocial position of the grief process. Right? Yeah. Um, of course, uh, we are training these volunteers in counseling techniques, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and so group, uh, in group or face to face or online help, kind of help and um, we are training them and they are going to start this, this job, this kind of job in a very, very little period of time. you know.
1: Beautiful. So if somebody's interested in being a volunteer, how does that work? Where, mm-hmm. where do they go? How long does that take? I know you just mentioned that it takes 78 hours or something. So. Can, you, can you share what that looks like and where they do that in Brazil?
0: Of course. Um, so uh, we use uh, social media asking for volunteers mm-hmm. and they can uh, go to our website mm-hmm. and um, send us an email. So okay. We have a lot of interviews and we need to understand better uh, their intentions, uh, yeah. understand better uh, from where they are and um, their past life, you know, we mm-hmm. we are very carefully about this. Sure. And, of course, um, after that, uh, they are going to start the training mm-hmm. in Rio de Janeiro. Okay. Uh, they have a very important training um, on death and dying, on palliative care, mm-hmm. uh, on grief and bereavement, mm-hmm. techniques mm-hmm. of... Groups and counseling, and um, so it's a very That's very great. interesting thing. Yes.
1: Oh, that sounds so exciting. Um, okay, so let's talk about your seminars on death and dying, and how you oh. interview the ill patients. Following again the model of Elizabeth Kubler Ross, who started this at in at the University of Chicago in 1960,
0: mm-hmm. when.
1: You hear from these wonderful people. And I love the fact that you said they are the teachers.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Because they are the teachers.
0: Oh, this is wonderful.
1: (laughs) This is is wonderful. So people really need to hear this because we are discarding our elderly in our end of life. And they are the teachers. They have all the wisdom. So let's talk about that because I think that it's so powerful. It's beautiful. So share what these seminars are like.
0: Please. Oh, oh my God, I love them.
1: <laughs> Look at
0: that. Me too. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, so, um, when we started the chapter of the Elizabeth Coburn Ross Foundation here in Brazil, mm-hmm. uh, me and my colleague Daniela,
2: uh-huh.
0: uh, we thought, oh my God, we need to start. But we're going to start um, in this very specific point of the deaf and dying seminars. Why not? Oh yes, this is a good idea because yes. Elizabeth started at this point. So we started. We invited dying patients, asked them to be your teachers and um, invited healthcare professionals and medical students and mm-hmm. nurses and social workers. And occupational therapists as a physical therapists and uh, chaplains, you know, and ask them to be our teachers.
2: Yes. The,
0: the dying and the, mm-hmm. the people with very severe conditions of health, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, we started this and weekly we are interviewing the dying, asking them to be our teachers. And uh, yeah. we do clinical interviews, you know, with them, mm-hmm. because we need to understand better their experience with the mm-hmm. disease, you know, the illness, the, the experience
2: yeah.
0: of, of the disease, you know, how they yeah. experience this, this phase of life. Yeah. So we need to understand better the meaning of their lives and yeah. their existential concerns. Yes. And of course their their ability to face the reality, the defense mechanisms. And uh, they teach us about this and they are very proud of this. You know, we see the yes. dying very proud of themselves. And it's a very important experience because they they leave the audience and they leave the room and they say, oh my God, I'm a teacher. And this is, very, this is very powerful, you know, because I'm not just a dying patient. I'm not. I'm not just a patient. I'm. I'm a teacher also. I so love that is, so much. Very, 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 very profound experience of changing, you know, of of transfer, transformation for everybody. Yes, exactly. Oh, um, I love it when the patient leaves the audience the real job, uh, the real work begins. Yeah. Uh, We talks about contra-transference, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm contra-transference, the emotional uh, reaction to the interview. Mm -hmm. We talks about our own grief. Mm -hmm. Uh, We talks about our difficulties to listen We talked about the process of the interview, the techniques, we use it, we discuss a lot about everything. So this is a very powerful experience to everyone, to the patients, to the families, to the medical doctors, to the students. Everyone is so touched by this experience, so it's very nice.
1: I love that. That is so powerful and beautiful. And you do this every
0: week? Yes, exactly. Wow. Interviewing, interviewing patients every week. So we don't have problems to find patients because a lot of patients wants to be interviewed. <laughs> it's very I'm sure. Interesting. Yes. yes exactly. Yeah, exactly. We don't have problems <laughs> with that Jesus. because uh, yeah. they, they find our WhatsApp number and some of them just send us a message oh my god i need to go there because another patient told me it's nice oh
1: i love that do you know rodrigo so many people are afraid to talk to the dying patient and then some and and a lot of the practitioners even they think that they know what the patient needs or the person needs but we need to we need to ask we need to ask the person just ask yeah. them. And also, I've, I've seen where people talk over the person. They talk to the family, not the person. And the person is, is able to answer. So it's, I love this. I think this is so beautiful. And I love that it helps everybody within that exactly. scenario. So I love that. That's very, very exciting. Um, you want to create hospices, again, all throughout Brazil. What is your goal for your organization?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need to, we, we need to create these hospices and of course help everyone in Brazil to do the same. Sure. Because look at that, uh, the hospice idea is not ours, of course, but the foundation, uh, of course, but the, the foundation can help, and yeah. this is our mission, help, you know, mm-hmm. help everyone to to do this job and um, to make the hospice movement grow, you know, so... Um, yeah. We need and this is our mission to help dying patients and
2: absolutely families.
0: and of course we are going to start with this hospice in ah. Ronia in Vigal mm-hmm. uh, help who really need any kind of medical assistance
2: mm-hmm. and
0: still don't have any you no
2: know? sure
0: so we're going to start in this point, and of course we want to have a lot of Elizabeth's houses. Yes. You know, of, the deal, of course. But we are going yes. to start with I think Elizabeth would approve that.
1: I think so too. I think she approves of all of this. Um, so for me, you know, it's important to understand that when we work together, when we help each other, that's where the magic happens. Yes, so, of course. So when people can come out, if they have trainings, if they have finances if they have supplies whatever it is or even raising awareness for each other Um, because the hospice movement is a life movement because some people to me say oh end of life death i don't want to talk about it but it's talking about life it's talking about human connection and getting real so isn't it just something we all should be tapped into i think so
0: so that's magical
1: we have to make
0: no know. Yeah. this is very important. Uh, Florence Wald, I think it's, she started the first hospice in Connecticut, in America.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Uh, she, she wrote a, a very beautiful text um, about Elizabeth in a book, a very special book, called Tea with Elizabeth. Um, and she wrote a very important text there talking about this synergy. We have yeah. to do synergy. Yeah yes uh, so we have to make make connections yes. to help the patients so the patient is our teachers the patient mm-hmm. is our reason the patient is our objective the patient mm-hmm. is our god you know so mm. uh, this is very important this this must be our philosophy you know to serve yeah. to help and to make connections.
1: I, that's so great. And so I want to expand on that because not just with the patient, but all of us, instead of of being here and here, yeah, we all need to be in synergy. We all need to be focused on these beautiful objectives. That's what's going to change the world. And, and this is a part of doing that, which is really beautiful and exciting. So your workshops to help healthcare professionals, patients, families, confront their unfinished business. And I know that we hear so much of this with Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and also with patients. When my patients at the end resolve issues, come to terms with regrets, come to acceptance, their end of life is so much more beautiful. So can you share with me how you facilitate that unfinished business to be resolved? What does that look like?
0: Of course, this is a very important point of Elizabeth's work. Yeah. and Elizabeth legacy, you know? Mm-hmm. Look at that. Um, unfinished business is something very important. Mm. The concept of the unfinished business is something very important. In guest-out therapy, we call that um, uh, the open guest-out, you know? Okay. Um, so, um, we can live our life fully
2: mm-hmm.
0: with unfinished business,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know? So, when Elizabeth talked about uh, the the distorted emotions,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, um, when we live our lives uh, based on fear, on anger, on and on other um, negative feelings, mm-hmm. we have a lot of um, unfinished business.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So we have to face it. We have to see ourselves as we are. Um, it's, it's a very difficult uh, task, but it's, it's really needed. So sure. I think um, as healthcare professionals, we have to see that. We have to see ourselves as we are. We have to see our vanity. We have to see <laughs> our <laughs> proud. We have to see everything and face it and work on that. Because mm-hmm. when we don't do that, we have a problem. We, yeah. we we have a problem because we are going to think we know what the patient needs yeah and um, we don't know that we don't know sure. what people needs yeah to feel in peace and to feel comfortable in their lives mm-hmm. so i think work on 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 our unfinished business is very important so we use a lot of elizabeth's methods you know mm-hmm. one the most important one, I think, is sessions with draw interpretations. Elizabeth really loved that. Um, draw, the method of drawing interpretations um, was created by uh, Susan Ba and Gregory okay. Firth. Mm-hmm. Greg Firth was a very big loyal friend of Elizabeth. Um, and um, Gregory Firth, he was a young, Young psychologist, you know, um, and he developed a method um, using drawing interpretations to, to find the unfinished business of the dying and the family. And Elizabeth loved that. So use these methods, of course, and uh, a lot of different kinds of methods. Um, and of course, death and dying seminar is a very specific. Uh, Activity to find and work on our unfinished business because when are when we are listening the dying and understanding his history, uh, we think about my diedent, my difficult with my mother, yeah, uh, my difficult with I don't know life, yes. death and everything. So we face our unfinished business. And we have to work uh, through this and because, you know, we take care of people. And when we don't work on our unfinished business, bad things can happen. And um, so if we want a world with unconditional love, with peace, Mm -hmm. uh, with connections, Mm -hmm. we have to work on our unfinished business and to see our Hitler, you know, I know, um, I know Did that.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: If, if we want our Madre Teresa grows up,
1: nah. we have
0: to see our Hitler and work on it.
1: I think everyone has to understand that we all have unfinished business, that there's no judgment here that no No. one's saying anyone's not doing a great job and that if you listen to people at end of life they can teach you everything about living and so and then and that's part of the unfinished unfinished business and if we can address that now then our whole lives open up in a way that's limitless when we can let that go so i love it
0: look look at that Suzanne. life is a big unfinished business It is, I think, isn't that the goal maybe of it? Yes, <laughs> yeah. just, just finish when death comes, so. <laughs> that, that, this is very true. So, um, and then
1: you talk about the understanding of unconditional and the importance of unconditional love, and I love this. Yes. Can, you, can you share what you mean by that?
0: Look at that. Um, unconditional love is a very important concept too of Elizabeth's work and her legacy. Mm -hmm. unconditional love means um, you are important because you are you Mm -hmm. and um, I accept you
2: yeah
0: and I accept you uh, the way you are Mm -hmm. I accept the way your life goals you know i accept Mm -hmm. everything about you Mm -hmm. and this is a very important key point because at the end of life a lot of people suffers a lot because they don't love themselves
2: right
0: so you need to love them love them love them love them until they love themselves again
1: Yeah. So you're the mirror to their true soul with no judgment, unconditional love until finally they can say, ah, I love that. Oh, how beautiful. So can you please tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you and find out about your organization, help in any way? What is the best way to get in touch with you?
0: yeah i'm an easy person you can find (laughs) me on facebook Mm -hmm. (laughs) so (laughs) i'm going to be very happy to talk to everyone about everything (laughs) and of course um you can find the website of Mm akrbrazil.com so this is our website we have a um facebook so facebook page elizabeth ross (laughs) brazil okay and of course, you can find some more information on the website of the Elizabeth Kubler-Ross Foundation, akrfoundation.org. So you can talk to Ken Ross, too, the, the president of the Elizabeth Kubler-Ross Foundation, my boss. He's
1: a pretty good boss.
0: Um, yes. My friend, so
1: yes, he's wonderful. So again, um, we're going to put all those links for everybody on the podcast so you can easily get in touch with Rodrigo and find out about the Elizabeth Kubler-Ross Foundation in Brazil and the Elizabeth Kubler-Ross Foundation USA get involved get some training have the conversation because we're this is about life and we're doing this together. So, Rodrigo Luz, I want to thank you so very much for what you are doing to change the world, and you are just such a gift. So, thank you for being our guest today on the Ask a Death Doula podcast. It was wonderful. Thank
0: you. And we are the legacy of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. We all are. So, I think it's the most important. We never forget that. Um, We are the legacy of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. we have to honor this position.
1: Thank Absolutely. You. Absolutely. And what an honor that is. So, thank you so very much. Thank you, everyone, for being on this edition of Ask a Death Doula. My name is Suzanne O'Brien, and I will see you in the next episode. Bye, everybody.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Ask a Death Doula. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a raving review, subscribe, share, and send your questions.